like, what the heck is going on? So I just start like screaming out the window, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? Typical New Yorker. Hoosier. Right. Yeah, a good mixture there. All right, it's on. What? It's on? Welcome to our world. Well, I'm Jess. And I'm Adam. That's it. So we're going to continue the theme that we started with the previous episode where Jess interviewed me. And I am going to have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Jess. Oh, God. Um, are you ready? Um, I'm definitely not. I don't know about the audience, but... <laughs> They're ready. It's fine. They're clamoring, it's okay. we clamoring can do this. to hear from you. Yeah. Um, okay, so in the very first episode, if you could muster through the static um, of the audio quality... <laughs> <laughs> of us quality. guzzling bush beer and right. Aldi wine. Um, you would have heard a little bit about about Jess and myself, and so I think now that we have kind of a really great format uh, for our guests, I, I think it makes sense to to have you interviewed as well. So although okay. everybody knows a little bit about you, why don't you tell us kind of uh, who you are and what you do for work? Okay. Um, I'm Jess LePage. I am a realtor. Um, specifically, I'm a buyer specialist, so I help people purchase homes and I'm on a team of um, a team of specialists really so um, I help buyers we have a couple of people on our team that work with people who are looking to sell um, and then um, a huge operations staff as well as some other buyer specialists and um, Dave is our team leader and that's that's pretty much what I do for work. Okay. In a nutshell. All right. What do you do outside of work? Mm. Um, well, I am married and I'm a mom. So between work and our little family, there's not too much time spend a heck of a lot of time in your backyard yes you do <laughs> <laughs> um if you listen to the first episode i don't really have any hobbies at all which is good because i don't really feel like i make time for them or have time for them matter of perspective there but um so i just do whatever everybody's doing hockey swim practice softball, softball go to the movies, take a walk, whatever. So, That's it. Yeah. It's really thrilling. <laughs> a thrill a minute. <laughs> so you say you have no hobbies, but I think it's kind of fascinating because you're, I would say that you're a pretty intense person. Maybe not intense. Okay. I would say um, intentional person. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you're just LePage the realtor that's who you are 150 miles an hour yeah and when you're just LePage the mom or wife um, that's who you are 150 miles an hour and so um I mean I'm I struggle with the second part of that well I mean I've sure. seen you here with Michael and Asa and you're an amazing mom and what I'm trying to say is you have a very high capacity for the things that you do. And so how do you maintain that? How do you maintain mm. like that high of a capacity and, and a standard for, for yourself? Well, I don't think that I'm very good at that part. So I don't know. I think that's my biggest opportunity is the, the more I grow my business, the more I can leverage out the things that take some time away from my family I also could be more um strategic on like what things I say no to or what things I postpone and then 
can just like give it my all when my family's around. But right now, I definitely just like grab whatever's coming my way. And if it means that I get a minute of family time, like that's what I'm doing. And if it means that I take some time to connect with somebody because I know that that will bring me some business, I do that. And I can only do that because Mike totally understands that I'm building something big for us and it's a little pain right now so we can enjoy that in the future. And we enjoy it now. Sure. But there's definitely some times when it's, it totally sucks for both of us. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So um, how do you personally deal with that? Because you're going to mm-hmm. deal with it with Mike and certainly with Asa and, and the other folks that are assisting you in, in maintaining you know, that initiative, Mm -hmm. but how do you deal with it? You know, like you, I, we work in the same building. So I walk by your window daily and you're doing what you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But you're still human. You have emotions going on in between, you know, the, the calls and the tasks. Like, how do you deal with it? How, what's, what's your mindset like in order to get you into game mode and not worried about, the things that you are sacrificing in order to accomplish your goals? Um, well, I've always been a work-focused person, like an unapologetic worker. Um, honestly, like when I was a kid, my dad always told me I should be an attorney when I was in culinary school, it was very militaristic. So I'm just very used to like, this is what the job requires. This is the work you need to put into it, do it. And that's it. Um, and so I don't have an issue with like wrapping my head around the mentality of this is when I get up, this is where I go. This is what I do from this time to this time. I'm a very regimented person. And so, um, like when I'm at work, I'm at work. And my son's been going to daycare since he was six weeks old. And my husband and I are unapologetic about that because we know that there are better people out there to do that job for him than we could ever do. So uh, from the day-to-day perspective, I don't feel like I'm missing out on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to go to a um, uh, field trip like every once in a while, but I could totally do that now if I just like thought about it and right. like put it on my calendar. But um, I have a lot of qualities about me that most real estate agents don't have. Like I'm very, and I'm not knocking real estate agents. I'm just saying like yeah, I'm, a, say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a very self-disciplined person. I absolutely follow my calendar, but it's to a fault. Like, sure. um, there's a, there's a saying at Keller Williams, spontaneity is a conditioned reflex. Like, I don't, I don't deal with that very well. Like if somebody calls me and they want to go see a house, I'm like, wait, no, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing at this time. So I have to kind of change my brain of like, well, you, you yeah. could make that work. Like you, you could make some money right now. That'd right. be okay. Right. So, um, I have a I have a lot of opportunity where other people have things come naturally. So Sure. Um I struggle with the fact that it's easier for me to say yes to something that's work related than personal and I could definitely um work work on that. Well, I I think you are. I mean, we talk about it a lot and I think you have goals to do just that. I mean, that's driving a lot of the activities that you do now. So, um, yeah. Okay. So we heard what you do. Yep. Um, and we heard a little bit in the first episode and this episode about who's in your world, but you mm-hmm. want to dive into just like who is in your world? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm married to Michael page. We've been married for five years. We were together for eight years before we got married, so we've known each other a really long time. Um, 
best friends. He and I are like the exact same person and totally different at the exact same time. I, I don't know how to explain that very well, but I think you could kind of attest to that. Like there are certain things that he and I are just In the exact same. Yeah. Like I know what we'll agree on. I know what we'll disagree on. But um, we've always been like 100% on the foundation of respect. Like, I respect you, you respect me. We might have a disagreement, but, like, that's where our, um, that's why we don't really, like, fight too much. Because even if I disagree with you, like, we're gonna, we're gonna make this work. Yeah. Um, Asa's my son. He's three and a half. Um, he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. He's He's, uh, was the easiest baby, the sweetest boy. He looks nothing like us. <laughs> I have brown hair and brown eyes, and Mike looks like he, like, fell off a boat from Sicily. And Asa <laughs> has the blondest hair, the iciest blue eyes. He's the sweetest little boy. Um, and now he's three and a half and he's given us a little bit of a run for our money. Uh-huh. Like we have to actually parent now. So we're kind of trying to figure out how to like navigate the emails from, from daycare. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but he's very funny and the kind of kid that like you go to discipline him and I have to be like, listen, I'm not saying you're not hilarious. It's also totally inappropriate what you're saying. And I know you learned it from me. Right. So just don't tell anybody. Right. We're in this together. You can tell them. Right. Because they know it came from me. Right. It's also not appropriate for you to say. So um, he's he's great. Um, and then my parents live here. My brother and my nephews live in Kentucky, and then uh, most of Mike's family lives in New Jersey or on the East Coast. Um, so, yeah, we have a s- relatively small family, but everybody's really great. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't. Okay. That, that's that's my personal world. Um, like I said, I'm on a a real estate team of some pretty awesome people that I really really enjoy um, being in business with. I enjoy my day-to-day with them, and I'm really proud of being in business with them and can can easily, re- you know, like, refer clients to them without yeah. a fear of that that who I am wouldn't, like, show through who they are. Right. So, um, no, I that's think cool. You're, you're on a team that aligns very well with who you are mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you guys hooked up I was like this is perfect like yeah selfishly I was like what the hell <laughs> but um because I just need somebody that's structured as you because I'm a mess um yeah. but when you guys hooked up I was like that's it's so perfect like the the values right. that you have right fit. yep the values that that Dave has built yeah um is great mm-hmm. okay so um try to dive a little bit more into maybe with the anti-hobby establishment what types of things are you passionate about um so it's gonna sound kind of like a token answer but i'm super passionate about doing this podcast um i like get real jammed up like really pumped up about recording um interviewing people learning more about like what makes them tick who are they really um and get really excited about like even bringing a person to you saying like hey do you think that this person would be a good fit for mental health or investment or you know physical activity or whatever like I think that that is great um but obviously I only think that way because I think we're the right partnership in that um obviously (laughs) (laughs) but um I 
enjoy the recording part most. Um, what do you think about the editing portion? I don't get to think about that because I have nothing to do with it. So I firmly believe that my opinion about the editing doesn't matter. Okay. But I think it's great. Okay. For what it's not worth. Right. <laughs> um, and then I would say what is secondary is that people actually like it or respond or mention it to me. Um, that's fantastic. But it this this part is what I enjoy the most. It's really fun. I have a great time. I know. I enjoy listening to it. Um, I'm still surprised when people tell me that they like it. Or that we're funny. Because I know we're funny. You make it very clear that you think we're funny. I think we're hysterical. <laughs> I When I put those headphones in and start editing, I will sit and sure. just crack up. Sure. And just, it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, even though we get feedback that says, could be funnier. You're not as funny. You're not as funny as you think you are. Or of whatever course it not. Is. Um, um, but it works for us. But yeah, I would say that this is a, a newfound passion of mine. It's totally selfish, like guilty pleasure. There's plenty of other things I could be doing right now, but I think that this is super fun. Yeah. Um, and I don't have too many other passions okay i like it um so what do you think about when you know the infamous question when you think about what trips you up like whether it's personal or professional what types of things would you say keep you up or trip you up the um i feel like the only fair question uh, fair answer to that question is myself like i think if anyone answers that question in an external way, then it's a little bit arrogant and you're not like looking hard enough at life and what you're doing and the choices you're making. Um, so I rarely think that it's the choices I make. I think it's just more about like mindset and what I decide to let bother me or influence me. And so, um, I, lack the confidence that I see a lot of people have um, and think that that could have some to do with it but it's mostly just um, having a lot of things going on we're 100% commission based business so you could be running all day and in my um, from my portion of the real estate world I could write five offers this week and just the way that the market is they don't um go through or someone decides to rescind their offer or someone you know like doesn't want to write an offer and you showed them seven properties or whatever however I still do feel like I need to be accountable for that and say like am I asking them the right questions do I have the right motivation um how can I get better at this but also like that's that's a paycheck to me that's somebody's like house that they're gonna have their family in right. so um if i get tripped up it doesn't take me too long to stop feeling sorry for myself and i know that a lot of that has to do with the fact that i don't have time and i'm around a lot of people that will not allow me to be in that frame of mind for yeah. very long um so a man crush that I have, Will Smith, said um, <laughs> not Getting everything. Getting with it? No. Um, big Will Smith fan. Um, not everything is your fault, but everything is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I always thought about personally, professionally. You know, your circumstance is not your fault all the time. Sure. But it sure as hell is your responsibility. And I think in this industry, that is, you know holds true in a very very big way when you say yeah I mean and you could be like going through the crappiest day and it's all your choice of how you look at it I mean I've said it before like we're 
you know, like pulling up to fireworks on the 4th of July and somebody calls me and says they want me to write an offer, like, there's two ways to look at that for sure. Like, I really don't want to do this right now because I want to enjoy fireworks with my family. Or I have 15 minutes before these start. I have the opportunity to make a check right now before the fireworks start and I better be done so that I can enjoy my time when I'm done and that's it. So I get to do this or I have to do this are two very different mindsets that you have to choose. Uh, Not even on a daily basis, like on an hourly or uh, 15 minute basis, depending on what's going on. Plus in our industry, you have to think too, if every agent is presented that scenario, I'm rolling up the fireworks 15 minutes before it starts. I have the opportunity to write an offer. I would assume that many would say, I'll let it wait. And in this market and in this business, you just can't wait. No. You know, you just can't. I mean, no. it, sometimes hours or minutes are the difference in, yeah. you know, that family getting their home or that check or sure. not. So. And for um, the record, we won that offer. So. Well, there you go. Hundred <laughs> percent in the pre-firework situation. Um. What types of things have you had to turn down? I mean, so I, I'm not sure mm. how much our gigantic listener base knows of your history of uh, going to CIA for a culinary in, um, in New York and living in Jersey and then coming back here and being a chef. Um, what types of things have you had to turn down um, in order to get to where you are today? Um, I wouldn't... I don't think that I had anything presented to me that I decided to turn down in the, um, like culinary or restaurant world. Um, I think I got in my own way before anything was ever presented to me because I was just way too afraid of what any of that would look like. So it never even got there. But, um, I do think it's funny, like, um, when, when Dave was reaching out to me about interviewing for the team, that's when you and I were having like pretty serious talks about um, building business together. And I wasn't in the right place to join your team. You didn't have the time to train me because I definitely didn't know what I was doing at that point. You didn't have the finances to bring me on and it was just one of those things where, like, I have to turn down the opportunity that this could be a great um, business relationship, but also I didn't want to ruin our friendship, my friendship with Sarah. Our right. our families are so close that it didn't seem worthwhile for me to risk the the fun and, like, the years of relationship yeah. that we've had together our boys' futures, all of that stuff. It just didn't seem like, like I, I think like working together would be awesome, but I don't, I didn't think that it was, I did, I didn't think that it was worth everything. So, um, just kind of, I think we mutually decided that like this could be cool, but it also could have the potential yeah. to like ruin a lot of what we have. Sure. Going. And um, when, when like, we decided that that wasn't going to be the best decision for either of us, that's when I really started interviewing with Dave for the Nations Network. And that's been an awesome decision that I made. Yeah, I would agree. So... I'm jealous, but I would agree. I remember where that convers. I remember that conversation. Like where it ha- was I remember held. exactly yeah. where we had that conversation. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. I remember uh, that that entire scenario playing out. Do you think that your decision to not join my team and join Dave's team is because you knew that this podcast was going to be such a raving success, 
and we would still have the opportunity to work together. I don't capacity. think we would want to do the <laughs> podcast if we were I agree. 100%. working a million minutes a day with each other. I agree. Nor would Sarah want to see me any other minute of the day because I would I'd already be working with you guys. <laughs> right. Um, no, you know what I mean? Like, no, I there's know. certain things, like, uh, for example, when um, there was when they were doing like ballpark village yeah everybody was like oh my god go get a kitchen job at the cardinals and i was like i don't want to ruin my thought of the cardinals like i love them yeah they're one of my favorite things on the planet i don't want to ever have a negative taste right. in my mouth about that organization so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that like i agree there's a saying don't shit where you eat like right. i don't want to do that so for the record that kind of means that you just said I'm like the Cardinals. So that's the biggest compliment. Like I said before, it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> oh lord. Um okay, so through this this journey, I mean, we learned a little bit about where you were in your previous life and where you are now, but like mm-hmm. what are some defining moments for you whether it's personal or professional like have you is is there a couple of things that stick out that molded you to be the woman that you are now? Um Yeah, I mean there I don't know. I guess that can be like a positive defining moment or a negative one. And yeah, either one. And um cuz I think they're all both in as a matter of perspective. I mean, they have to be, right? Well, I don't I don't know. So Probably, like, a year and a half ago, I would say, Mike and I were on um, a weekend trip with some friends coming home. We were renting at the time, and our property manager called and was like, hey, guess what? The uh, landlord at your house is selling, and you're out. Like, you're done. We were like, oh, well, we weren't planning to buy our house. We don't have any money. I had just started full-time, 100% commission-based, definitely had not cashed a check at that point, and, um, like, just quickly had the conversation with my parents, like, oh, hey, they're selling our house, we get to find another place to rent. Didn't know where that rent check was going to come from, that kind of thing, and my parents were like, listen, just, if you feel like it, come live with us. And there was one morning that I was driving to work, and I was like, I don't, there's no money. Like, Mike was making money, but, like, there there was nothing else. And so um, I called him, and I'm like, listen, I, I don't know what we're going to do. We, we don't have any money to do a down payment or to do a deposit, for that matter, at a, at a rental. So I, I think I need to call my parents and take them up on that offer. So um, that was not, not a cool feeling, you know. Like I, was, I had just freshly cut ties with the job where I was at that point making the most money I'd ever made in my life. It took me probably 15 years with the same degree from the same school to finally match what my husband was making in the same field. So that was a tough pill to swallow to be like, oh, we're back at nothing, and it's only because of the decisions that I've made. Yeah, That sucks. And we have a kid, and what the hell have we been doing with our money the past 10 years? We could have been rolling in it, you know? So... Um, Mike was like, well, that's what we have to do. Like, let's do it. And so, thankfully, he's um, awesome enough of a person to just be like, well, this is what we have to do. And don't get me wrong. Like, we love my parents. They're very easy to get along with. But still, like, nobody wants to move in with their in-laws. Right. And nobody wants their kids to move back after they moved out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But... My parents, like, they have a big house. They literally, like, gave up their bedroom and moved into their basement so that we could have enough space. And 
never felt never made us feel like we were um intruding or like you know some people would probably be like okay you can move in but you get the smallest room and i want you to leave as soon as possible be quiet right right yeah no it was never that um and so it was just like perfect too because my son was learning how to do the stairs and he potty trained when we were there and it the partnership between my parents and my husband of just like doing everything that needed to be done without being asked alleviated it never alleviated my guilt but like alleviated the thought of me having to like go home and cook dinner or buy groceries or cook breakfast on Saturday like it was like I have showings I have open houses I have to write an offer right I have to work and it built the foundation for where we are now and I mean I can never repay that debt of just like the ease of mind of this is okay like it totally sucks and it's okay (laughs) yeah you know um and also I was working with people that were like uh I've been broke before just keep doing it just keep going it'll be fine and they allowed me to be vulnerable like when I needed to in order to get better and grow and it wasn't just like why are you driving your 19 year old car to this buyer's appointment you know it was just like oh that's your car cool someday you're gonna be doing awesome and in a different car yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um just being around the right people and helping you know like you guys helped us when we needed a babysitter mike travels a lot that kind of stuff yeah so that's what family does yeah and so i would say that's a defining moment for me of like just that unending support of it's totally okay there was no like shame or guilt or like get out of here that kind of thing so well i think the debt that doesn't need to be repaid is probably the opportunity for your mom and your dad to have Asa mm-hmm. in their home. And like you said, potty training. And those are memories that they will never, ever, yeah. ever lose. And so what yeah. a cool experience for Asa and for your mom and dad. So um, there's there's certainly a huge benefit that I think. Can yeah, be... they were just happy when the dog moved out. <laughs> like everything else, they were like that dog. This worse. It's so quiet at dinner now. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, nobody missed the dog. <sighs> Spetzel's great. She's a kook. She's a kook. Um, so through all of this, maintaining where you are now, what types of things do you still struggle with? Um, do you still struggle with the the time the time battle or what what types of things would you say that you struggle with now um so i wouldn't say that time is as tough for me just because i've um built up enough business that you know i have a showing partner now so she shows a lot of homes and alleviates a lot of that time Um, but I think what's very important and I've taken some classes on it over the summer is like, how do I make sure I can hang on to that talent and make them see the value in that position? So it's not just necessarily like a, like I, I want her to be like proud of that to want to hang on to it and only I can help her with that rather than just um rather than just like okay you're doing this for three months and then I need to find another person right um I think everybody struggles with with that though when you find the leverage how do you keep it Mm -hmm. because the minute you lose it what the heck that's not going to be a fun day to go back and do it um I I think that your ability to maintain leverage, at least for me, when I think about, okay, where's my leverage? How am I going to um, buy more time or buy more capacity to do other things? The value proposition is only on you. 
Yeah. It's on nothing else. It's not about their capacity to do something. It's not about the team's capacity to deliver vision. It's directly linked to your ability to provide value to that person enough for them to stay, right? Sure. Yeah, that's something that I struggle with is like I've built up enough business to get that person. How do I make sure that they want to stay and see the value in doing it? Yeah. Um, I would say personally the other thing that I struggle with is like I learned a phrase this summer that I really like. It's be where your feet are. Like, like I'm here right now. Yeah. We're talking. I'm not like looking and seeing who needs to do showings or like what's on my calendar for tomorrow. Like this is what I'm doing right now. When my kid wakes up at six, like I I need to do something with him at that time instead of looking at emails and doing all that stuff because I have plenty of time during my day to take care of everything else. When my kid goes to bed, like it should be time for Mike and I to just like connect. And that's what I struggle with. Like, am I on Facebook? Am I Netflixing my life away? Am I answering emails I didn't get to? That kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah. um, I'm getting better at like time blocking personal family time. But when it's that like free time, I the only thing I normally like can autopilot on is work. So right. I definitely couldn't get better at that. Um, we were in Austin uh, last week mm-hmm. for a conference. And I cannot remember who said it. It might have been Jim McKissick or... or um, Cody Gibson, I can't remember, but they said, um, if you wake up and start your day by scrolling, um, you're going to start your day thinking about someone else's goals and not yours. Yeah. No, Um, totally. And if you are, if that's the last thing you do, you end your day thinking about someone else's agenda and not yours. Mm -hmm. Um, I am the worst you know, uh, uh, offender of that. You know, I lay in bed and scroll or sit on the couch and scroll or, um, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible habit. Um, do you have a morning routine? Like when you get up, what's the first thing you do? Like when, how do you start your day? I mean, I know you started with Asa, but I assume that you, Um, your, your day is somewhat consistent. So I'm a morning person. So, Uh, I do my best to get up at 5 or 5.30. My alarm usually goes off at 5, and I usually wake up at 5.30. Um, With it still going off? No, I'll (laughs) go in. I'll turn it off because I put my phone in the bathroom. So that way I have to physically, like, get up and turn it off and then snooze it for a half hour. Um, And then uh, I'll make a coffee, and I usually, like, pull out my list of things I need to do that day, make sure that I remember what those are, look at my calendar. And then I usually answer emails until he wakes up and, you know, blueberries or apple or yogurt or whatever he needs, graham cracker or whatever. Um, And then we talk and chill I'd love to be like, oh, and then we do a puzzle, but I usually like turn on a show that he wants to watch. Right. And then I snuggle for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I do work. And then, um, cause for me, it's more of like looking at properties and stuff like that of like what might be coming down the pipe. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the very like glamorous life of reviewing a sewer lateral inspection video at, <laughs> six in the morning Mm -hmm. it's a good way to start your day um and then uh you know shower out the door by 7 30 to get a set of school usually about five minutes late and then work that's everything after that is work yeah okay Yeah. yeah um what are you reading right now what types of things are you are you reading are you listening to you're a big podcast advocate i know we've talked a bunch um so what are you reading or what are you listening to right now um so i really enjoy reading but i was i would never get through a book in the deadline that we need to for our team we usually read a book a month and so i would always be like three chapters behind until i got audible and that's 
rock in my world and I can like finish a book I usually finish it like before we're halfway done with the month um so we just finished uh Mel Robbins five second rule it was awesome really really enjoyed it we're starting but I have not started yet uh the 5 a.m like way to master your morning or something something like that I don't remember what it's called um that's not Tim Ferriss right no okay and then before that was high performance habits. Mm-hmm. Before that, it's we always try and like vary it month by month. But I've uh, is that I, Brian Burchard? Uh, Brendan Burchard. Uh, Brendan Burchard. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's always different. Like we read the book about negotiating that you borrowed from me. Oh yeah. I can't. Uh, remember never split the difference. Yeah. Great book. David Goggins, yeah, we read yeah, yeah. Uh, Can't Hurt Me. Um, some books about, like, your spirit, your... So it's it's either mindset or, like, tactical in what we do. Yeah. Or team-related or something like that. Are you reading Untethered Soul as a team? Because Dave, I know, was reading it. I talked no. to him about it, and Sarah's read it and talked a lot about it. And so I, I, have, I started it and have not... No. Dove in, but I've heard it's amazing. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, what what would you say is a goal that you have? Not necessarily within. I mean, I know your goals from a time and a business perspective, but do you do you set personal goals? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. None. No. Why not? I. Because you was... don't know what goal to set. No, I was never a goal person before. I joined our team because if you set a goal then what happens if you don't hit it it's a good question right so i never did that ever but you do professionally i do now yeah um so i never did personal goals um i would say our our like family goal is to um Either purchase an investment property by next year or turn our current home into an investment property and purchase a different home. Um, but by that's, when? That's a great question, Adam. I don't have a... I would say... I would say probably next summer is the okay. most realistic. After taxes, make sure that's all squared away. Um, taxes, I yeah, I would say after tax time we'd be sh- uh, set and ready to go. Okay. Uh, but no, I don't really set personal goals. It's... I think you just did. I mean, that's a that's a goal. Okay. But I mean, like, there are people that are like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. Or like, I'm going to run I... a 5. Mm. I ran a 5K in May, and everybody was like, what? I think Mike, like, actually laughed out loud when I told him I was going to do that. Just because he knows who I am. Right. Not because he didn't think I had the ability. It was just like, why did you don't do that? Do that. <laughs> right. Um, but I did it, and that was cool. Um, so. So we just, you just joined our gym. Um, yeah. You should set a goal around that. That I will go. That you go. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just to drink water in the corner, you will I show up. I was really really clear with Brad, the owner of the gym, that I will be here and I will pay my bill and I will do the things you tell me to do. I'm really good at following directions, but like, don't want more from me besides that or you will be disappointed. Well, that's not what you said earlier. You said, don't talk to me (laughs) i'm okay going to the gym as long as you don't look at me and you don't talk to me yeah i don't i'm not excited about it i showed up 10 minutes early today i was like wow this is such a cool opportunity for me and like not be here anymore but i just don't i'm not i'm not coordinated i'm not you're not i'm not athletic also true i just also want my clothes to fit better and me to be able to like hang out with my kid for the rest of my life so it's important you know i feel like i i had 
to make our financial and our personal goals a priority. So I was just like, what? I also am in my car a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's like I've eaten an obscene amount of quick trip taquitos for dinner in my life because that's we're on the road a lot but how good are they they're good and just a shameless plug because mike sells them ovens their pizzas are pretty slamming yes um and so now it's like finances are okay personal life's okay let's make sure that we are living past 37 yeah you know like that's important i think you're doing a great job oh thanks (laughs) Biggest right. question of the night. Top three movies. Mm. I'm disappointed because I probably know a couple of them. Um, well, and I disagree. Okay. But um, I'm you curious. can be as disappointed as you want. I'm, all, I'm preemptively disappointed. I would say Toy Soldiers. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> never seen that in my whole life. I thought you were talking about toys. When Do you think that the views, if there is a views clicker of Toy Soldiers is going to increase in any capacity? Because views of, of what? Like the actual movie? Yeah. Like online? I don't know where you'd watch those. There's like a be VHS. A, like a router. Like I don't a VCR. Know. <laughs> That's the only place you're going to get it. Gosh, do you remember VCR rewinders? Yes, I do. We, we never had the luxury of a VCR we had a rewinder at my house. And I think it was shaped like a NASCAR, if, oh. I, if I remember correctly. We used to get movies from Movie King on Mackland. What? Yep. I've never heard of that place. Uh, it was... Blockbuster. I, no, there was no Blockbuster. Chippewa. I mean, there was, but like not in 1989 or whatever oh, it was. Oh, 89? We used to do Movie Mogul. Movie on King. Roger. Well, right south of Tower Grove Park. Right. So you, now you know. That's an oldie for um, everybody out there. Top three movies. Okay. Quit deflecting. I'm not. What um, Okay. It's going to sound silly because we've heard it before. Oh, God. I have to say Dumb and Dumber is one of my top. But I would say before that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One. One? Not, One. Not. Not two. What is it? Uh, Secret of the Use. Secret of the Use. Is not Secret of the Use, Michael. Secret of the Booze. He thinks that Secret of the Use is better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1. And I'm sorry, hon. You're wrong. You're I wrong. can do that entire movie without it playing. It's ridiculous. Um, And then I guess my third would be Forrest Gump. Of course it is. Oh, shut <laughs> up. I think so. I mean, there's definitely other movies that I could say, but... Do you know how I know that Forrest Gump... Do you know how I knew that Forrest Gump was a good movie when I was a kid? It came on two VHSs. Oh, yeah. You had to play one, right? and then it ran out of tape, and you had to put the other one in. Yeah, there's a few like that. Yeah. I am I like Gone with the Wind. Okay. But that's not something you just like turn on. No. Um, but that had at least two VHSs, if not more. Um, I'm a big nerd about musicals. Like, you're a nerd about technology. I'm a like, nerd about nerd stuff. Yeah. So my mom was a um, drama minor. And would not, I wouldn't say drag me, because I definitely went willingly, but, like, she taught at a high school for 30 years, and so we went to every spring musical, fall musical, everything like that. So might be, like, where my passion for karaoke comes from. Which is a a passion that you I didn't to mention. talk about. That's what I'm saying. You didn't mention it. I it didn't come to my head. Well, must not be that much of a passion. Uh, apparently. Um, okay, what's something that we should know about you that we don't know about you yet? I don't know. Are you like looking for a specific thing? No. I mean, I can think of a few things, but I mean, I'm curious. 
what you would say. Something that we should know about you that we don't. Okay, so this is a fun little story. When I lived in Brooklyn, um, you know, so it was three of us living in an apartment that was way too expensive for where we lived in the ghetto, like right outside the projects. Um, and we didn't always want to pay to have the air conditioning on, so we'd have the windows open full blast and... I'm sorry, like open fully, fully open, <laughs> full, full blast, blast windows. windows. <laughs> and um, they would pick up the trash in the middle of the night in Brooklyn. I don't know why. I guess they did it around the clock because there were so many well, yeah. to pick up. And so there was one night I was watching TV in our living room, and I heard the trash truck come down the street, but he didn't like leave the street. And I just kept hearing this weird sound of, like, metal scraping. And I looked down, and this guy is just, like, jammed backing into this van. Like, back and forth where the van is rocking. Back and forth. And, like, what the heck is going on? So I just start, like, screaming out the window, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what is going like on? A typical New Yorker. Hoosier. Right. Yeah. A good mixture there. And um, I, he looked at me and he was like, what? And I just started cursing him out because it was like so rude and inconsiderate. And he was certainly going to drive off like he didn't just crush this person's minivan. And called the cops. And that was it. Like, I'm not going to do any more than that. But I'll I'm at least do that. I'm, a, I'm shocked that it got this far. <laughs> and I, we were four floors up, no elevator. So I'm just like screaming at this guy at the top of my lungs. It was probably like three in the morning. And that was it. Like, that's all I knew of it. So the next week, let's say it was a Tuesday. I have no idea. The next week, Tuesday rolls around. I'm watching TV three in the morning and I hear the trash truck come down. I'm like, this MFR. And I like look out the window to make sure that he is not gonna do it again. And he like pulls up in front of our apartment, parks, looks out his window and looks up at me and he's like, What's your name? And I was like, It's Jess. And he's like, Jess, I like you. You got spunk. <laughs> and he just get back, gets back in the truck and drives away. And I was like, okay, that's, right. that's a good New York story. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But. Well, so what you want us to know is that you got spunked, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need to know. Totally. I would completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all bark, no bite. We all know this. I don't know. Mm. I've been punched in the head by you before. I've been punched in the head by other people before. Well, there you go. Um, was this fun? Was this good? Did you like being interviewed? This was okay. Okay. I well, don't know if it was fun, right. but it was okay. Well, I think you did great. Well, thanks. That's it. That's all we have for tonight. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, are you still there? They're still here. That's crazy. Um, well, if you can't get enough of us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Welcome to Our World. And thanks for listening. And if yeah. you listen on Spotify or iTunes, it'd be pretty cool if you gave us a rating. And tell your friends. All right. Thanks. Thanks.